What's up, y'all? I am Chris Chouse, and this is Straight Chubb, the fantasy football podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Headliners. Welcome back to the show. I am back once again with my man, Mr. Chris Kennedy. What's up, buddy? What is going on, man? So, fun weekend. You know, we had Halloween, and Mm. it was great because I was able to, uh, you know, not only watch a little bit of football on Sunday, but then get out there with, uh, with my nieces and nephews and, you know, get their candy that they didn't want because it's, it's always nice when you have like the one kid who doesn't really like chocolate, like they like the sour stuff. Mm-hmm. So you're the one that gets all of like the Reese's and the Snickers and all that good stuff. So that was really good. Um, except towards the end of the evening, I was looking at my, uh, my prize picks player props mm. and I'm like, Oh, I'm crushing it. All I need to hit big, like, you know, really big, many, many a dollars yeah. is for Trevor Lawrence to, you know, to get me six more rushing yards, six more rushing yards. He has the entire fourth quarter to do it. I'm like, yep, going to do it. Spoiler alert. He did not do it. <laughs> he did not get there. So while it was still a good day, it could have been better. Yeah. It was like what? Five grand or something you had in the pocket with six more yards. Man. It would have been. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been um, still, it was still a good payday. Um, so I tried to rekindle that magic on Monday night. And cause I thought, you know, Daniel, Daniel Jones had a rushing prop of 20 and a half yards. Mm. Patrick Mahomes, 18 and a half. Both of these guys were going to smash that. Spoiler Watch alert, it. they did not. Not so much. It was a rough weekend no, so in, in Chris's pocket. But. Monday Monday night was not a fun night. Yeah, man. You know, it's funny going back to Halloween. You know, I always uh, I take uh, candy from my kids. You know, I, every dad does this, right? Like you take the candy. They're, they're, they're putting in the work and, and we get to siphon some candy off the top of the bag. But you know what I just saw on Twitter? Somebody actually, because uh, I didn't know how, to, I always felt bad. It, it was like, I'm taking my kids candy. Shouldn't be doing this. But the funny thing is, is somebody on Twitter put it out there and said, you know what the best part of Halloween is? The dad tax. And I'm like, yes, now we actually have a name for it. And I don't feel so bad. This is the dad tax. And I'm taking all the candy I can get. All right. So what's your, what's your go-to? Like when, you know, the kids bring home the, you know, the, the bags of candy, what's, what's the first couple you know, options that you have. Oh man, it's always chocolate bars, man. Whatever chocolate bars are in there, I'm 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 feasting. I'm going. Yeah, absolutely. Reese's Snickers, you know, all I'm them, going man. all yeah. after it. You know, Twix, Mars, like whatever, man. Oh yeah. Snickers. Yeah, I'm in, man. I'm this is why my shirts don't fit anymore because of Halloween, you know. So now did you dress up? I did not this year. I was on uh, uh door duty. So I, I was giving candy away today or this uh, on Sunday. See, that's an even better opportunity for you to get candy because, you know, it could be like one for you, one for me. Yeah, exactly. See, and, and we have a good situation here. If there's a football game on, I can hand out the candy and still watch the game. One eye on the game, man. You know, you got to do what you got to do. See, I could not do that. I was out trick-or-treating while the Pats game was going on. Yeah, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what, man? We got to start this out with an airing of grievances because I am pissed, man, legit with fantasy football, like many others are. And, and you know, this thing, we've seen some people dropping off in the fantasy community because, you know, their teams aren't doing well. And I'm here to tell you right now that I am never giving up. You know me, Chris. I never give up. Even if I got one win, I'm going to the wire, just like everyone out there should be as well. So let me preface this team. You already heard this. Let me let me tell the, the, the viewing audience here about my club. I am currently two and six in this league. This is my big money home league. It's a keeper. You keep three players uh, every year and you lose the draft pick of where you got those players from. That's the rules in this league. 
Okay. But this year, you know, I, I, I was, I said, I wanted to rebuild my, my keepers last year. So I went on a fire sale. I sold everything off because I was about to miss the playoffs again. And I'm like, you know what? It's time. It's time to just bust it down and rebuild. I had three first round mm-hmm. picks, uh, an extra third round pick and, and whatever. So bear in mind, keeper league, three keepers. This is my club this year. That's currently two and six as the second leading point scorer in this league. Okay. So figure this out. Kyler Murray is my quarterback. Okay. I have uh, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Terry McLaurin, Cortland Sutton, Allen Robinson, Saquon Barkley. Uh, what else? Uh, Rashad Bateman, David Montgomery. I am two and six and I understand injuries. Okay. Barkley and Monty went down, but I got Khalil Herbert. I got Daryl Williams. They've been helping me out. How is this possible? Two and six with this club. I get it. The Chiefs are slumping. Help mm-hmm. me, man. I'm about to have a freaking heart attack over Alan here. Alan Robinson has obviously been a disappointment. Big you know? time. Big time. So after, you know, after after draft day, you're looking at your team and you're like, oh man, this is a this is a championship caliber team. Championship roster. Right. So let me ask you this. Uh, you said you have the second most points scored four, correct? Correct. I'm also going to assume you're probably like top three in points scored against. Yes. Top two. I have had some crazy bad beats, man. I put up 168. I lost like 171. Um, You know, I put up 102. The guy's getting 104. Like it's, it's just been one of those years. Yeah. And I'm, so I'm in a league that's uh, very similar to that. It's not my, it's not my home league. um, But in another league that I'm in, I'm kind of in a very similar situation as far as now I've been fortunate enough where I've won like my last couple of matchups. So I'm now above 500. And also I'm going to preface this because Chaus, you, you know about this crazy scoring roster <laughs> league that I'm in. Yep. For those of you who don't know about this league, we call it the, we call it the sham league. And it's kind of like our version of the Shiva from the league. Yes. And so we have crazy scoring, uh, you know, point systems where your your defense, your team defense could get you over a hundred points. Your quarterback could get you over a hundred points. Okay. So my points for right now, 7,773 <laughs> on the season. Yeah. The next closest person is 7,198. My points against 7,275. The next closest person is 6,978. It's the worst, okay. man. You play everybody the differential on the best I'm week? working with here. Oh my it's crazy. Yeah, oh, man. and uh, that's that league and also my home league are both leagues where I have Derrick Henry. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, to yeah. say goodbye to that season now, man. I mean, ah, it just it's frustrating. I wanted to air some grievances because I got some problems with you people. And now you're going to hear about them as always. Ah, oh, Chris, man, we got to start this show off on a terrible note. We just got to get it out the way. I mean, it's it's mm-hmm. news. We got to cover it. It's NFL news, but horrible today. Henry Ruggs, man, he was involved in a major car accident today, uh, which involves the death of another driver. Apparently, the accident happened at 340 in the a.m. Ruggs remained on the scene and uh, is is looked uh, or looked to have been impaired, according to uh, impaired, according to reports. Nevada law says a uh, DUI causing death holds up to two uh, from two to ten years in prison. I mean, they've added another charge, if I'm not mistaken, one to six years on that one as well. So, I mean, all around horrible, horrible situation. I mean, um, not only for obviously for rugs, but I mean, for the individual who lost their life. I mean, rest in peace, obviously, to that person. But I mean, as for rugs, I want to go here real quick with this. 
And I mean, this we'll start off with that. And I mean, uh, I, I hate clouding somebody dying with uh, with preface talk of his career. But I mean, this has got to be it for him. I would think so. I mean, there was there have been situations in the past, um, you know, where players have, have had, you know, criminal histories or, or incidents and they've come back to play in the league. Um, I, I don't see him coming back from this. I understand he's only 23 years old, you know, but if, you know, with jail time and, you know, whatever may happen when he does get out of jail, hopefully he can just work on rebuilding his life after that. And football should obviously be the furthest thing from his mind. Um, because right now it's, that's not a, an issue at this point. It sucks, man. I mean, again, the individual lost their life. That is uh, the utmost uh, uh, of the concern. I mean, uh, drinking and driving, y'all. Okay, let me just say this right now. This should never happen in this day and age anymore. If you're drinking, I'm a drinker. Chris is a drinker, okay? We we enjoy our booze, okay? Mm-hmm. There's multiple ways to get your ass home if you're having some booze, man. Call your friends, sleep somewhere else, call an Uber, call a cab for God's sakes, or walk your drunk ass home. You don't need to be doing the getting behind the wheel after you've been drinking because, I mean, seriously, this is uh, one of these situations that was completely avoidable based on choice. And um, I feel I just I feel I want to talk. I, I mean, I want to talk about maybe young players, the money they have coming into the league from their circumstances. But it seems like a, a moot point at this point since somebody have had it uh, passed away and lost their life. Yeah. And that's the, the worst thing is that it's a situation that could have been avoided because, you know, especially with the amount of money that he makes. There's no reason why he couldn't, you know, afford to pay someone to drive him home or take an Uber or whatever the case may be. Like, there's no reason why this young woman should have lost her life. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. You, you got to believe, okay, it's not obviously drinking and driving is not intentional uh, to get into a car accident, but obviously it's an intentional choice that you did not make. Lack of judgment, and this one's going to cost Ruggs uh, basically uh, a, lar- a large portion of his uh, freedom and his life. And I mean, it's hard to feel sorry for an individual who makes a poor choice like this, but I just hate the whole situation all around. I think it really sucks overall, but I mean, unless you want to add something else, we can we can definitely move on. No, I think I think I think we've kind of said everything we need to say about it. So. All right, cool. Speaking of issues, man, Calvin Ridley. I mean, these are big topics Mm. nowadays, man. The COVID, the mental health. You know, we're seeing a lot of this come up. And I mean, I'm glad, you know, from the point of stigma uh, being removed from mental health. Okay, and everybody needs to understand that everyone is human being. And I mean, uh, not to get too somber on this show, but it's good to and it's important to discuss. Like Hayden Hurst comes out about it. Uh, You had another individual uh, who who else came. Do you remember who else came out about their mental health recently? Oh, um, I know Hayden Lane, Lane Johnson, the... Lane Johnson That's from right, Philly. Yeah. Yes, uh, I know Hayden Hurst was one of the one of the more recent players who really, you know, kind of stepped forward and was very, very transparent when it came to talking about it. Yeah, absolutely. And Lane Johnson as well. He just came out saying, you know, he's struggling with his mental health. It's a major issue for him. And I mean, kudos to these guys, because I got a great deal of respect for individuals who don't bury it anymore. And they say, you know what the hell with this? I'm struggling. Okay. And as, as men, you know what? We don't get enough. uh, I don't want to say empathy is probably the best word I can say. And it's like, you know, the movement of everybody else first before men at this point. And I get it, man. You know, men have ruled uh, the days uh, from the history and et cetera. But dudes, all good guys have issues sometimes too. And you have to understand 
that this is a this is a major problem for a lot of guys. You see that one meme that's all, going all over social media where the guy's like, "You ever ask a guy if how he's doing? He says I'm all right, and he's because he's not all right." And it's truth, mm-hmm. man. Like you you gotta understand that you know we're human beings as well. These guys are human beings going through a tough life, but nevertheless, Calvin Ridley steps aside from football with a mental health issue. Uh, we don't have a timeline upon return, so we could talk about this. I mean, hopefully he gets better uh, in his recovery, mental health wise. But if we if we flip it to football, I mean, Kyle Pitts and Cordero Patterson's got to be the massive uptick here. And and Russell Gage, you know, and right Russell there. Gage, I mean, yeah. he he now becomes the number one receiver with with Patterson there for the most part. So, I mean, we've seen what Pitts can do. You know, he had back to back great weeks, um, you know, kind of disappeared a little bit this past week. But I do think going forward, I mean, we're going to be able to see much more of Kyle Pitts and what he has to offer. And with Patterson, I mean, he's just been. He's been the biggest fantasy surprise of anybody this season. Mm. Unbelievable. What are they rank number nine or eight at this point of the, of the season? Like nobody would have predicted that. That's like 2018 stuff, man. And only that, but for him to actually be able to continue this type of production, there were so many people, you know, early in the season that were saying, Hey, what do I do with Patterson? And I'm just like, sell high, sell high, sell high. Cause he's yeah. not going to be able to sustain this sort of production. Right. And Holy crap. Was I am like, I'm, I'm kind of happy. I'm wrong. Right. You know, because I love to see this this kind of output from him, but I certainly did not expect it. I I, I was with you right 100% is sell him away, man. You're not going to get better value to return on dollar on this one. But I mean, he just continues and Atlanta figured it out, man. Every, he, all the teams that he played for before, they just couldn't figure it out and they finally figured it out. But here's the thing for going back to last week's game against the Panthers and how the Panthers defended Kyle Pitts. This is kind of a concern for me, and I get it, okay? Target share is going to be there for the up- uptick for both uh, Patterson and uh, for Pitts now that Ridley is gone. But saying that, we we did see double and triple coverages going to Pitts' side, and Carolina came out afterward and said, we didn't care whatever else uh, Atlanta was going to do. All we deci- uh, decided to do was uh, shut down Kyle Pitts and not let him beat us. This is kind of what I'm thinking the, the motivation is going to be moving forward, unless like someone like Russell Gage can step up and pull the coverage from his side. Yeah, and then of course we saw you know the reemergence of Tajay Sharp. I last <laughs> time I heard that name was years right. ago when he was with Tennessee. But I'm almost wondering now. I mean, do they start running more two tight end sets with Pitts and Hayden Hurst? You know, without without Ridley there, if if Sharp or Gage don't step up, you know, we've seen that Hayden Hurst can be productive. So it'd be interesting to see if they use him a little bit more, you know, as a receiver uh, with the absence of Ridley for who knows how long. God, I love that point, man. I didn't even think of that one, you know, with double tight end sets with Hurst. That's a fabulous idea. It does nothing but open up your run game that much more with Patterson. Man, you're, you know, you're a genius sometimes. I'll give it to you, man. That was fantastic. And you know what's funny is we keep talking about Patterson and we just completely did not even mention Mike Davis, who's just completely stepped on the throat of every single one of his fantasy owners. We told you all <laughs> though, man, I told everybody stay the hell away from Mike Davis. I did not trust it. And everyone, Oh, he's a lead back. See target share and volume doesn't always translate. I mean, you got to have some talent, but yeah, Mike Davis, man, ouch, whoever drafted uh, high on him. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong. He's seemed a good, like decent target share, but when you have, you know, five catches on six targets for like 22 yards, like who cares? <laughs> yeah, you don't, you're not doing me any favors, but good Lord, the Atlanta Falcons, man. We, you know, we said it last year, man, they needed to blow that shit up and look, they're, they're right back where they need to be at blow up mode. 
Yeah. Hashtag listen to Jefferson Kennedy. You know, we, you guys are a year <laughs> late, man. We've been preaching your blow up for a year and a half already. Good Lord, man. Oh, you know, this one hurts. This one hurts to the core because for fantasy football, because this hurts I mean, both of us, it, both everybody yeah. who's an owner. I'm an owner. Chris is an owner. Uh, so to speak. And I mean, Derek Henry, uh, we, you knew that mm-hmm. this was going to come up. I didn't want to bring it up at the beginning of the show because then what else is there? But Derek King Henry, he's got a broken bone in his foot, six to 10 weeks placed on the injured reserve. This is not only a massive loss to the Titans, but every single fantasy manager out there, Chris, they pick up AP, they pick up Deontay Foreman, big deal. I mean, uh, AP, I like, I mean, but now they're trying to do what bulldozer by committee at this point. Yeah. I mean, the whole Foreman pickup, I mean, it's just, it didn't work out in Houston. It hasn't worked out everywhere else that he's gone. So I'm not worried about Foreman. I think it's going to be the AP and McNichols show. Like that's going to be that their one, two punch there. And I think that, you know, McNichols is fine in like a, you know, a full PPR format because of his receiving ability. But I do think that we're going to see the kind of that AP role that he had, maybe not in Washington, maybe similar to what he had in Detroit, you know, Mm -hmm. last year Mm -hmm. and hell, if he gets, if he gets you 12 carries a game, I'm, I'm perfectly happy with that because we've seen that he's still got juice left. Yeah, man. 12 for 60 and a touchdown. I'll take that from AP off the waiver any day. Oh, absolutely. And for those of you, including myself, who were smart <laughs> enough. Yes. Yep. Yesterday, while waivers was still going on, if you had somebody on a buy that you could drop or you just happen to have an empty roster spot, you could still pick up AP because he hadn't officially signed with the team yet. So I was able to grab him in like two or three leagues and hopefully it works out for the best. And if not, you know what? Hey, I wasted a roster spot. So what? I picked him up in two leagues too. And I was Yahoo screwed me over because they still had him under, I have a Yahoo league home league and it's uh, they still had him as a Detroit lion. I was like, you guys, what are you doing to me? I know. Right. It was unbelievable. First of all, who still plays in Yahoo leagues? That's like saying you have a hotmail email account. I do. I have that too. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. You just, right. you're, you, why are you dating me here, man? You're aging my ass. Like, no, man, you, Yahoo still is one of the better platforms, man. I don't care what anybody says. They, they, see, I'm, I'm still, I'm still an ESPN guy. No, see, I can, I can. Yeah. That's just, you know what you're, you, you're throwing up in your mouth for my Yahoo league. I'm doing the same for the ESPN. I can't handle that. Platform. It's like, it's like my stubbornness. I just won't leave ESPN. Well, that's it, man. This is a 20 year yeah. league. So I'm, I'm sticking with Yahoo at this point. I'm not moving my league. That's how I am with, with my home league. Yep, exactly. Exactly. But see, going back to McNichols, I mean, for the upside, like you said, PPR, I mean, even with the committee approach, I mean, he's been there. And this is kind of where I'm thinking the first three weeks are going to go because this whole Titans offense has to morph now. They can't rely solely on one individual from the backfield like they did with Derrick Henry. This changes everything. And then there's a lot of stipulation, a lot of concern that I have with Ryan Tannehill, A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, because we know, okay, McNichols, like I'm saying, we'll stick on him first. He has been in the system, and when given the opportunity, he's looked good. I mean, they they do the dump-offs. He's got the juice. He's got the speed. He's making cuts. His target share, I believe, is like in the 30s at this point. That's not too bad, knowing that Derrick Henry takes like 99% of the touches from the backfield. But, I mean... This 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 affects Tannehill a lot, in my opinion. I mean, he thrives off the play action pass, something like a Kirk Cousins does. Without Henry, if this run game can't go get going, I mean, this pass game might suffer too. I agree, and that's why I'm a little bit and not. 
confused, but I, I kind of was hoping that what they would have done is, yeah, you sign these running backs too, but why not go out, you know, especially where you have the, you know, the trade deadline that was what today, a handful of hours ago yep. and, and go out and trade for a wide receiver. You know, Julio Jones hasn't been reliable. He's been injured. So you're pretty much leaving AJ Brown out there all by himself. I mean, Anthony Fersker just hasn't really been very much at all either. Go out and get a receiver, you know, mm-hmm. like you're not going to be able to replace the type of production and workload that Derrick Henry provides you. I don't care who you pick up or how many additional running backs you try to sign. Get yourself a receiver because you're going to have to throw the damn ball quite a bit because you're not going to be able to run it very well. Yeah, man. And I mean, the A.J. Brown downtick in some degree, it has to be stated. I mean, um okay volume is going to be present just based on the fact that he's by himself if Julio comes back then fine it's 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 both of them but I mean man you're asking a lot for Ryan Tannehill to put on his shoulders that's why I'm kind of leaning towards this McNichols guy I think he's got to be a priority waiver pickup if you really lost a lot of running backs because that PPR upside I think is going to be a lot of checkdowns especially if they're going to start double teaming AJ Brown without Julio on the field I don't know, mm-hmm. man. That, he could be literally a 13, 15 point savior every week until, you know, they get it figured out if they do. I don't hate that. And actually, while you're talking right now, I'm, I'm putting a claim in on him as we speak. So see, see thanks, Chouse. No, no worries. What, I was thinking about this a lot today. I'm like, because I got to set my claims too because of Henry. And now I'm like, this has to be the one at least minimum the first two weeks while AP gets his feet wet. I, w- I would hope so. I mean, and, you know, I mean, and also for people who are thinking about going after McNichols, you know, people are probably going to, are going to obviously spend a waiver pick on him, some fab money on him. Now they're going to be disappointed a little bit, probably because they're going up against the Rams. Mm. So there may be an opportunity for you to get him in week 10. If you aren't able to get him in week nine. Yeah. Cause they'll have a massive drop. You know, garbage time might be there though. They, it definitely might be there in that contest. So agreed. You know, a lot of dump offs. I mean, PPR upside is huge for McNichols, but I mean, Henry, man, does he come back this season? Six to 10 weeks. I hate that timeline. That's some bullshit for us fantasy owners that don't even have IR spots to put them on anymore. I right, let's 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 cut it in, in the middle. OK, let's say he comes back in eight weeks, you know, mm. which puts him at what week 17. Okay. So let's say if Tennessee is in the playoff hunts and they are, are going to make the playoffs, I could see him not playing the last game or two of the regular season and coming back for the playoffs if the, if the Titans are actually there. Yeah, yeah, playoff run I could see yeah, absolutely, but for fantasy football we got to say and it, it's over. It's it's done. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm putting him in my IR spot just in case, but if you don't have an open IR spot then I think you I think it's more than fine just to to cut your losses and and not I'm so I'm so I'm so scared, man, because my redraft, I have no IR spots. I'm I'm terrified because what if what if I cut him right now when he does come back in six weeks and I make the playoffs? I could use him for the finals. Yeah, and that's the problem. Like if and that's why I say if you have the open IR spot, then put him there. But if not and you are hurting it running back, then, yeah, you've got to you've got to be in win now mode. When now mode, I get it. See the advice we talk it out as we go. Ah, that one hurts, man. Trade deadline day. I mean, <laughs> NFL trade deadline is weaker than, you know, baby, you know, on a bad day. So baby uh, shit. But I mean, it's horrible. man. I don't even know why it's, they ne- it's never been like I've never gotten super excited about it. I mean, the 
the the big trade deadline news that we got was yesterday with yeah. you know with uh with von miller so yes indeed and that's where we're going von miller he gets traded to the la rams everybody knows this already second and third round pick going back to the broncos this was mm-hmm. a great move by denver i mean you knew and, and this was the thing okay we knew teddy two gloves was going to be that intern interim uh quarterback to kind of push him over this season so that they could get more draft capital hopefully move up in this year's draft and get their quarterback now the quarterback landscape in college football is completely a mess rattler is basically done he's he's probably going to stay another year because he got benched and he's probably going to transfer out of oklahoma but i mean really matt Corral, you're gonna you're gonna i i i haven't watched enough tape to say a lot of these guys that are going to be coming into it yet but i do got a lot of my opinions from watching these games and i don't foresee any of these quarterbacks making a difference in year one maybe outside of sam howell yeah, and even Sam Howell has been inconsistent this year, totally. you know. So there are question marks with all of these quarterbacks coming into the into this year's draft class. Where last year, it was pretty, you know, clean cut as far as, or I'm sorry, cut and dry as far as, okay, these are the guys we know are going to be able to make an impact year one. These are the players that might need a season under their belts to develop and get things going. But this year, like you said, I, and I haven't watched as much as much film as you have yet with the college football players, but from what I've seen so far. Yeah, there's no one that I'm taking and thinking, oh, yeah, he's my day one starter. No, Howell to me at this point, because, you know, I give him a pass to a point because he lost so much talent. The offensive line is trash. They lost Javante Carter, um, Diami, Newsome, all to the NFL. So, I mean, for people to believe that he was going to be able to produce and put up the way he was. Maybe he goes to Denver. I could definitely see that. But Denver is definitely putting themselves in a situation where they're going to be stacking picks. And and I I was surprised they didn't move any more pieces. I really thought maybe Teddy was going to go. Even to, uh, Mar- uh, Melvin Gordon, I thought he was going to go. Why are you keeping these pieces to go at, uh, what, eight and nine and pick at the middle of the draft? See, that's the problem is like, I, I think they should. They should have just, you know, I mean, heck, teams that need quarterbacks right now that have injuries, the Jets. The Saints, like make a phone call, you know, and and package package Melvin Gordon with him, you know, get a better pick if you want to, because obviously Javante Williams is your future. Drew Locke isn't the future. You know, he's just there to to kind of warm the bench for everybody. Sure. But but Teddy Two Gloves is also just not the long term answer there for you. And for those of you who follow me on Twitter, uh, you may have seen a very long like five or six tweeted thread i have no idea where it came from i just thought this is what i don't like i need to figure out why and it was about the the broncos and their woes that they've had so far this season and the one thing with teddy with teddy bridgewater is that he's been a very accurate quarterback okay even under pressure he's still completing you know 68 to 70 percent of his passes when under pressure Mm -hmm. the problem with the broncos is their offensive line and their receivers inability to create separation off the line of scrimmage and for me personally, when I'm watching the games and then I'm going back and I'm, I'm looking at the numbers, whoever the, whoever the Broncos get as their future franchise quarterback, they need to get an offensive line that is going to be able to protect that quarterback because they're taking way too many sacks. Right now, the Broncos have allowed like the third most sacks in the NFL so far this year. So that line needs to be one of their number one priorities after they, they get their franchise quarterback. And man, it's, it has it ever gotten better. This has been a uh, consistent issue since Peyton left. Peyton left. He, he took everything with him basically. Cause the old line hasn't been the same. I mean, yes. Okay. They got weapons. They got receivers. They have defense. 
But I mean, Jesus, man, the O-line and the quarterback, how do you expect to win without two most important pieces on the offensive side of the ball? I completely, I read your thread, by the way. It was fantastic. Well done. Um, Chris lost his account for all those that don't know. Mm. Uh, He got hacked on Twitter. So go give him a follow at, uh, what is it? Vineyard Remedy? Vineyard Remedy is V-I-N-E-Y-A-R-D Remedy. So no more Chris Kennedy 318. That's now taken over by some weird anime hacker, apparently. So go. yeah, go follow, go follow me at, at Vineyard Remedy. Thank you. There you go, man. Get them back in the good books. But speaking of those Rams, man, they're all in now. They are playing Madden while everyone else is playing Tech Mobile. Like legit. Okay, I, I have a question. Where are they coming up? Are they like like making like fake monopoly money yes. and making draft picks out of them. Where yes. are they getting all these draft picks from? That's what they're doing. They're faking everything right now, sending fake uh, uh, invoices to the NFL. No, you know what happened is uh, Denver's holding 9 million of Vaughn's contract. So they're only on the hook for 700 K. That's amazing. Amazing deal for that's them. so good. You know what I'm saying? This is Matt. This is how I play Madden. I never drafted. I was like the hell with the draft. Why am I good? We because I had played used to play franchise mode with a bunch of buddies, and we would mm-hmm. do like the the 25 year franchise. We would get through about maybe 12 seasons before the new game came out. But I mean. I would be like, hey, we got 12 years, 12 seasons. Why the hell am I going to develop rookies for four years? And then they don't pan out. I'm trading all my picks just like the Rams. And I'm building my superstar roster from day one. They're doing this. And and here's the thing. I, I don't hate the move. OK, I don't hate that they hate their draft picks. I don't hate it. What what I'm concerned of, if I'm a Rams fan, hey, if you miss the Super Bowl, if you don't even get there, this is a mm-hmm. tr- massive travesty to your fan base because get ready after Stafford leaves and this defense, they can't afford to pay him anymore. You guys are going to be worse than dog shit. Number two. I mean, I, I, I even lost my point. I think you were talking about money. I lost my point. Go ahead. I'm so angry today. I just, I don't oh, even, I'm going to continue your point with the money because when you look at Robert Woods and, and Cooper cup, you're not gonna be able to afford to keep them either. So there you go. <laughs> those are going to probably be cap, cap, you know, casualties as well. Um, I do want to quickly go back to your Madden point because today, uh, some buddies of mine, we started a Madden franchise today and I decided to go with the Carolina Panthers because of their phenomenal young defense and secondary. Mm. And then I did the exact same thing that you said you do. I <laughs> traded away all my future draft picks right. and I ended up getting uh, I trade made two trades. Okay. Traded away a bunch of draft picks and some older veterans. And I got back with the, from the jets. I got Zach Wilson and Makai Becton. And then from the Steelers, I got um, Deontay Johnson, Minka Fitzpatrick and our boy, Mr. Muth. See Pat Fryermuth, baby. That's how you build a, a championship roster, man. You take good pieces and you move forward. My goodness. Yeah. You know where before I lost my train of thought. So it was Sean McVay. If they don't make the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. he's in trouble. That hot that seat is going to be massively hot. But if they make it to the Super Bowl and don't win, does Sean McVay keep his job? This is kind of where I'm at yes. because they basically laid out the groundwork to say, hey, man, this is Super Bowl or bust for you. I think I think that if he makes it and loses, he keeps his job, but he has to make it to the Super Bowl. And I don't think he gets fired after this year anyway. But I think that right now with all the pieces that they have and he may say, oh, well, we lost our star running back, you know, but it's like, well, guess what? Daryl Henderson's doing just fine. So, mm-hmm. you know, you don't really have any excuses. This team is built for Super Bowl or bust, because if they do not make it to the Super Bowl, then like what was the point of wasting and hemorrhaging your entire future? 
<laughs> what two three years of your future is gone this is like draft day man but he didn't get his picks back and and oh man but when you look hey the positives now let's go la rams fans the positives now what do you have on this defense you have donald you have vaughn you have jalen you have floyd you have rap i mean you guys are just stacked on defense right now and i mean okay you're gonna double donald all the time you're likely gonna try to pick and double vaughn Leonard Floyd, man, has got to be the one smiling from ear to ear right now, being right. like, everyone's going to forget about me. The, the guy's going to have like 15 sacks in the second half of the season. Well, it's kind of like in week one of the season that we saw when Chandler Jones had like, what, five sacks? Yeah. Because there was a lot of attention put on J.J. Watt there. So that's exactly what's going to happen here in L.A. now is because you have these stud, you know, pass rushers and Von Miller and Aaron Donald. Everybody else is just going to be able to eat all day long. Oh, it's unbelievable what they're doing. The LA Rams, man, Conky, he's got some deep pockets, man. He's willing to pay, and they got they got Vaughn on the next to nothing deal. Unbelievable. But other than that, I mean, the trade deadline was pretty much nothing. I mean, it's not like the NHL trade deadline where there's a thousand moves. We get nothing because, you know what? Yeah. The theory I've heard on that one is because it's too hard to learn the playbook uh, mid midway through the season. And, and I get that. You know, I mean, I, I know that the playbooks in the NFL are much more extensive than, you know, what you have say in the NBA, because in the NBA, you see players move all the time, left mm. and right, mid season, end of season, whatever it may be. Uh, the only other news that we had today of a prominent player was uh, the, the Rams did try to attempt to trade Deshaun Jackson mm. when they failed to do so, they let him go. And I guess it was him that asked for his release. Yeah. I never got that one. I didn't understand why he did that. I mean, okay, you're what? How old is he? He's like 37, 38 years old. Something yeah. Like that. Yeah, he's yeah. definitely he's definitely like mid late 30s. Yeah, right. So I mean, your your last kick at the can here. They're not asking you do to do a great deal. Tutu Atwell went down with a season-ending injury. So you're the speed guy. I mean, I get it. You're not getting a lot of playing time with Van Jefferson's taken off now. But you got an opportunity to win a Super Bowl for the first time in your career and you asked to get released. Like what are you doing, bro? Yeah, because I mean, the only other thing I can see is maybe he signs with a team that also could give him an opportunity. You know, maybe he signs with a team like Kansas City, you know, to kind of help boost them up a little bit, get them out of a funk if he can. Um, you know, AJ, not AJ, but Antonio Brown has been, you know, nicked up throughout the season. Tampa Bay is an option. I mean, there are teams out there that are contending that could use, you know, a a gadget speedy guy, you know, that may or may not stay healthy the rest of the year, but he certainly could help a team, you know, throughout the rest of the year do you know where i want to see him go don't say it don't do it it's not buffalo not buffalo oh, okay oh, okay where green bay put him with yeah. put him with Devonte adams they don't have a deep threat put him there that's true no i like that i think that they need a tight end a lot more than anything else but yeah i think screw i think the Sean jackson that'd be fine screw the tight end we don't need the tight end they didn't use them anyway man so it's just wasted wasted effort that's true you know, put D-Jax on Green Bay with Devontae. Now Devontae can feast. Now you can go deep with D-Jax. Aaron Jones would be laughing. No stacked boxes with D-Jax on the field. I mean, hell, he can sign with whoever he wants now. So there you go, man. I love it all day long. In other news, Odell Beckham Jr. This is a hot topic today. I don't know if you caught my tweet. I was ranting a little bit on OBJ, his dad, and Mr. Stephen A. Smith from ESPN. You see that? I did. I see that. Okay, so here's here's where I'm angry at this situation. Stephen A, 
I don't know this individual and, and, you know, we have the straight show podcast. He's on ESPN. I'm not even in his class, but I'm going to speak to him right now through this mic because he needs to stop doing football, stick to basketball, man, stick to what you know best. I'm sorry. I can't watch your stuff anymore. It's ridiculous. OBJ's dad too. He comes out and he starts criticizing Baker Mayfield. This is what got it all kicked off and what Stephen A was talking about. This, the reason that his OBJ's dad got on the, the hot, uh, note of uh, cussing down Baker was because he Mm. wanted OBJ to get traded. He was hoping he could stir the pot enough that Cleveland would say the hell with it. We'll get OBJ out of here. Did not happen. So Stephen A, he goes on before the trade deadline finished and he says on ESPN and he was basically bashing Baker Mayfield. This is all Baker's fault. You know, he's has no chemistry. He's got the exact same ego as OBJ. So it doesn't fit. He's not making a conscious conscientious effort to be like close with OBJ so they can develop that relationship and he said the only thing that he agreed with was obj has the same uh, ego as baker and i was like whoa you gotta pull that back really no blame on obj whatsoever the constant injury history the constant coming back and uh, playing with low effort the constant like we saw last week he didn't even he uh the the pass was down the center he was being covered by the safety or no sorry he was covered by the defensive back the safety was coming down from his left and he pulled up on his lone target because he was afraid to take the shot man so you're telling me this is all on baker and i'm not even defending baker I think right. that I think they need to stop on this this nonsense crap and call it fair because this is not okay to call out Baker and not OBJ when they're both doing the same shit. No, I agree. I mean, they're both. I mean, they both have big egos. They're both divas. Like they're just they're both very ego, you know, focused people. Um, you know, and and I saw the video that OBJ's dad put out of you know like 11 minutes of him not being targeted and blah, blah, blah. Like, okay. Like, yeah, I get it. It's your kid. You're going to defend him, whatnot. Um, but it's just, I, I mean, I just think, Oh, I think if I'm the Browns, you need to figure out is, is Baker our, our franchise quarterback or not? Cause mm. if he's not, then yeah, keep OBJ around, find another quarterback. But if he is your guy and that's the guy you want to build around, get rid of OBJ, like have him go somewhere else and, you know, let him figure it out. But like the two just are not coexisting. Not, not even close. And I, I mean, I'm not going to make that argument whatsoever. It is not working and we get it, but it's, it's, it's both of them. Okay. Maybe it's even the system. Maybe the system is something to blame because Landry still feasts. So it's over the middle stuff that's working, but the deep shots aren't going. And again, if you're just utilizing OBJ as a deep threat, you're, you're completely misutilizing him too. Do I believe that he is uh, on the, the tail end of being washed? I kind of think so. I almost think that when it came to my tweet, like the New York Giants traded him away right after that injury where he had that thousand yard season. It was injury thousand yard season, then trade him away to Cleveland. They know, man, you guys have to understand teams that let free agents go 90% of the time. They understand the flaws and they're willing to let it go because they see these players every day. New York was the same with OBJ. He goes, what, 1,200 to 1,600 yards in that first three seasons, and then the play fell off. The injuries started, and New York was like, mm-hmm. whoa, we see a massive red flag. Let's get the hell out before we uh, we get no value on to return. And look what's happened to him since he's uh, gotten to Cleveland. You can't say the entire tenure has been on Baker. No, not at all. I mean, it's just, you can't be productive if you're not on the field, you know? And the fact that he hasn't been able to, to stay on the field that's a big issue and you know for especially for a guy that's making as much money as he is yeah it's it's just it's not working out 
And then you got LeBron James supporting OBJ too. That's why they all come back, man. They all, all the media and they come on uh, LeBron because he said it. And they're, oh, the, the king says it. We got to, we got to abide. Get the hell out of here because I'm not buying what you're selling. King of flopping is what he is. Yeah, basically, man. Jameis Winston torn ACL. He felt bad for him, man. You see that hit? It was like a, it was weird. It was like he grabbed a, his chin or something, kind of like mm. under his shoulder, and it, uh, his leg kind of bent backward. Torn ACL, done for the season. I mean, likely he's done in New Orleans now for the rest of the, his tenure. They're probably not going to resign him. You see Philip Rivers? He said, hey, if New Orleans comes calling, I'll be listening. He did. He, he and he because there was a reporter that asked him. He's like, "Well, they haven't called, but if they do, I'll listen. I'll listen." Because <laughs> Drew already said no. They asked Drew Brees, "Are you coming back?" He says, "Yeah, I'm good, man. This is a good gig I got." But Philip Rivers is like, "Yeah, man, I got like 20 kids, man. I could use another job." Yeah, I mean, I, I don't hate it. I honestly, I like, don't hate it for the, for the for the rest of us of the season. Like fill in, sure. I'd much rather have Philip Rivers and Taysom Hill. You know, me too, man. Trevor Simeon, though. So we have a debate because it is it. Is it Trevor Simeon or is it Taysom Hill? And I mean, Simeon looked good. He looked capable. But again, is that the the byproduct of a cold quarterback coming in to a defense that didn't prepare for him? Maybe. I mean, hell, you know, when Simeon was with Denver, he wasn't all that terrible either. So, I mean, I, I would prefer to have Simeon over Hill because with Hill, you have a one dimensional quarterback. You have a quarterback that can run and not really throw the ball, you know? So, and also if I'm an Alvin Kamara guy, yes, I don't want Hill as my quarterback because he's going to completely destroy all of that rushing upside. In the four games that Hill started last year as the starting quarterback, Alvin Kamara, and I'm, gonna, I'm doing this off the top of my head, I believe he ran for 58, 54, 88, and 50 yards rushing, okay? Mm-hmm. That's flipping terrible that sounds that sounds about right man even if you weren't looking at this stuff i mean it, it sucks so here's the thing is how could it, they're gonna be going for wins sean payton does not care about your fantasy team well we'll just get that out there right now but you traded for mark ingram okay and i get it it was with the premise that Jameis winston was your quarterback i get it now you got to evolve i almost think that now this trade for mark ingram makes him more valuable because Jameis is gone now you're gonna have to lean on mark ingram we could see a thunder and lightning approach again to ease the pressure because they don't have wide receivers i mean until right. michael thomas comes back and i don't think he will no i, I don't i mean it, it could take a few weeks for him to come back, even though he is now eligible to return from IR. Um, I know I've got him on one of my teams and I just have him on IR just hoping he might come back, but I haven't heard any news about any sort of timeline. So at this point, if he does come back, it might not be until like week 12. Yeah. If that, and then, uh, you know, the divorce with them, they might be coming faster than we think too, but I'm, I'm with you, man. I think uh, Trevor Simeon or bust at this point, Alvin stock, with Simeon kind of would be the same, I would want to say, because you'd still have the ability for check down. Simeon can stretch the field a lot better than yeah. Taysom can. So and you won't and you won't get the rushing upside vulture. Well, I was I was just gonna say inside the five, you don't have to worry about somebody else stealing your touches. Yeah, man. Nobody likes stealing no touches. Speaking of quarterbacks, man, New York football jets. What the hell is going on, man? Are we in like the twilight zone? Because 
this whole situation in New York, Chris, I mean, they upset the Bengals. They pull off this massive upset on a team. We were discussing that just beat Baltimore. Hey, they're on the rise. They look legit and for real, and they have a letdown. I think that's a one-off for the Bengals. They're in a situation where they have to learn how to win. But sticking with the Jets, I mean, let's talk about them for a second. Back up Mike White, man. And I know a lot of you guys, when he came off the bench, were like, who who is this man? Let me educate y'all, man. Mike White was a back. He's the backup quarterback from South Florida and Western Kentucky product. He was drafted by the Dallas Cowboys in 2018. Fifth round selection, if you didn't know, came to the Jets in 2019. He goes, Chris, his stat line, 37 of 45, 405, two or three touchdowns, two interceptions. Mike mother effing White does this against the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, and did you hear about the uh, the guy who bets a thousand dollars on Mike White to be the leading passer for Week Eight? Wow, a thousand dollars, and it paid out to him a hundred and twenty six grand. He won a hundred and twenty five thousand dollars on a thousand dollar bet because he put that money down for Mike White to be the leading passer for week eight. And he was. Wow. I did not hear. See, that's some. I didn't hear that. That's insider trading. It has to be. How, this is, how insane is that? That's crazy. R- ridiculous. That was probably Mike White who placed that bet. <laughs> Yeah, he knew what he was going to do, man. He tweeted out to Peyton Manning like in 2014. He's like, I'm going to break all your records one day, man. Watch. But get the hell out of here, man. This The question I have right now is what, what does this do for Zach Wilson? Because, I mean, this puts you in a situation where this offense was not moving with you. It was not gelling at all. You didn't get Carter involved. Yeah, you had sprinkles of Mike Davis. Elijah Moore was non-existent. Crowder K injured. He had some sprinkles here and there. But, I mean, two weeks in a row, Mike White is legit moving this offense better than Zach Wilson. I mean, I don't want to start anything, Chris, but, I mean, if, if Wilson comes back and doesn't perform, I don't know what to say, man. I mean, he... All right, so Mike White, yeah, he had a great game against the Bengals. Um, but against the Patriots, like, he wasn't anything crazy. Like, he, no, he wasn't. He, he you know, he had, a, he had a couple hundred yards, he had a touchdown, two turnovers. Um, but my point so is, he was, he was moving the offense, is kind of he where was. I'm going. Yeah, exactly. He was definitely the offense looked a lot better than it had with Zach Wilson, but Zach Wilson was your number two overall pick. In the draft, he's going to be the, the quarterback. When he's once he's healthy, he's going to take back over this team, you know. And then I wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, however many games Mike White plays this year, if the Jets just try to turn around and flip him and try to get a draft pick or something in return for him. Wow, look at you, man! That's you, what I would do. Wow, I, you know, here's here's where I'm going with this because I don't think it's not I don't think it's a uh, crazy. I think it's very feasible here. I think even if Wilson comes back, say it's all predicated upon next week's game. If White plays, I don't want to say 400 yards well, but if he keeps the Jets competitive, if he continues to move this offense, because we heard Mm -hmm. the discussion between the people talking about uh, the Lafleur system in, in New York, that he was lost and they're saying he has no game plan. He doesn't know how to strategize, et cetera. So I was like, oh, maybe that's the problem on on Mr. Wilson. But if White does this again, now that argument goes out the window that it's Lafleur. Now White is moving this offense with uh, regularity, even if the efficiency rates are not there. I don't know, man. If Wilson struggles, 
you're going to have a massive red flag put on Wilson from the fan base, just like Sam Darnold had. And uh oh, we got the revolving door again. Wow. The Jets and just early draft picks with their quarterbacks, man. Uh-oh. This could get this could get ugly. It's going to get ugly, man. I can't believe it. <sighs> waiver wire, buddy. Waiver wire. These people need some help on the waiver wire, Chris. And you know what? Okay. We got a we got a decent uh, couple players that I want to discuss. And I mean, first one is Logan Thomas. He is only owned in fifty two percent of leagues right now. And if you need a tight end, he's supposed to be practicing. They're on the bye week this week. Would you take him this week? Put him on your bench, hoping that he's going to return. I would. I mean, it also, I think it depends on what else I have out there for for tight ends, but. If I've been streaming tight ends for most of the season, then yeah, I'm picking him up because he's a guy that you can plug in and he can be your weekly starting tight end when he's healthy. Yeah, I like it because, I mean, what's the risk, really? I mean, I don't like carrying two tight ends, obviously, but if you need an upgrade and you're kind of like in the four and four, six and four, and you're kind of hovering around that playoff opportunity, I think having somebody like Logan, and yes, Heineke hasn't been great, but we might be getting Fitzmagic back too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Logan Thomas looks a lot more appealing at that point. I agree. And, we, and hell, we saw what he did last year. He just needs the target share. And I think with Fitzpatrick, he can absolutely get there. I like it. I like it. 52%. Check your league. That's a Yahoo league in uh, 52%. So his ownership stake might be higher or lower. Jeff Wilson. He is going to start practicing. He has the 21-day IR window to return as well. A lot of people are going to say, hell no, Chris, because Eli Mitchell has been running extremely well. But we know we know Kyle Shanahan too well because, mm -hmm. I mean, we, we study this 49ers team how many times. It's not out of the question that Jeff Wilson comes back and he starts taking carries away from Eli. And I don't think he would take away the early down work. I think Jeff Wilson could kind of be in that James Conner role where he would just be that vulture goal line you know, person and just take away those inside the five touchdowns. That would be my biggest concern because that was kind of his role last year was he was, he was that bruising back that was always down there inside the 10, you know, then when they needed the dirty work done. So then you kind of recreate your mustard and Wilson. Now it's Eli and Wilson, right? Yeah. Tough one, man. Do you take them? Do you pick them up? It, it, this, this one's a, this mm, one's a reach. I don't, I, mean, I don't, you don't, I, I don't. I mean, unless Unless you're in a deep league and you need that running back help, I think there, there are other more reliable, consistent options out there right now. Okay, fair enough. I just throwing the flyer out there. So many running backs going down, and I mean, I get it. There's still no timetable on his return, but it is mm -hmm. what it is. We do got one uh, issue. Uh, Noah Fant, he gets popped on the COVID list. The uptick has to go where, man? It's uh, Cortland Sutton killing us the last two weeks. Yeah, and I mean, you know, uh, you know, Judy was running just about as many routes as everybody else was last week, which was nice to see. Um, now, it's not a guarantee that Fant is going to be out. You know, if he is vaccinated, he has to pass two tests within 24 hours of each other, and then he can play. So I think that, and I believe I heard somewhere that he is fully vaccinated. Okay. Um, so as long as he does, you know, pass those next couple of tests, he'll be fine. But if not, then yeah, big uptick for Sutton. Um, for, for Judy, obviously Albert O would be their starting tight end, you know, who's an absolute athletic freak mm -hmm. who would also get a good target share as well. Albert. Oh, see, you can't pronounce his last name either. Can you? 
No, uh, O is his last name. Didn't you know that? <laughs> o is not his last name. He's got like 24 letters in that last name, man. I don't even try. I call him Albert Dude, O. It took, me, it took me like three years to say Tua's last name. And I, yes, I know what it is, but I'm not going to pronounce it now. Yeah, exactly, man. Tua Tagovailoa, is that what you're talking about? Tagovailoa. Tagovailoa. No, it's tongue. It's it's spelled that way. It's There's no tongue. tongue. It is pronounced Tonga Vailoa. Watch an interview with him and how he pronounces his last name. It is Tonga Vailoa. Have I, I? I don't like it. There's no you. How can you just alter the the pronunciation? I don't. Chaus, I don't make the rules. Hey man, you said it sounds <laughs> like to me you're making up some rules right now. I don't like it. Have you seen his brother's first name? How the hell do you pronounce his brother's first name? I cannot do I, it for the life nope. of me. Can't do it. Oh, and also your last name is also not pronounced properly. It is Chuaus. Chuaus. <laughs> As of right now, that's what it is. That's it. Okay, fine. Whatever. Get the hell out of here. We've had enough of this. Big time ballers, man. We got a huge one I want to talk about because there was two guys on this team in the offseason that we were discussing. We were both very high on. At least I was high on one of them or both of them. You might not have been on, on Mr. Paris Campbell. Were you high on Paris? Oh, absolutely. I was super high on him. Okay, yep. so perfect. Now we're on the same page. The other guy I'm talking about is Mr. Michael Pittman. This mother is going off the chains. And I mean, I was I grabbed him every which way I could. He was falling in drafts. And I'm like, why are people? Pa-? He the people almost made me second guess myself in drafts, Chris, because I was like, why did why? we're in round eight and nine? Why are people passing? And then I pass and I'm mm-hmm. like, he's back again. I'm taking him. Listen to this shit, man. All you guys listen up, man. Last four weeks, half point PPR, 17.9, 4.8, 18.5 and 25. 5.6, 15 targets, career high in week eight. Now T.Y. out again with a concussion. Good Lord almighty, I can't talk anymore. You take the floor and promote uh, Mr. Pittman because he's just so damn good. Yeah, so I don't know if I want to promote him because he's the reason why I lost my home league this past <laughs> week. I mean, also having Patrick Mahomes didn't help. Also, Derrick Henry getting injured. But Pittman went absolute bonkers, all right? And this is somebody who... T.Y. Hilton's been injured for the last couple of seasons. You know, obviously the the injury to Campbell and Pittman has just absolutely stepped up and really has shown that he's become that alpha number one guy for for the Colts. And I wasn't as high on him because I was so enamored with Paris Campbell Mm. until I realized that he was just like made out of jello. And so now that you have Pittman, who's just showing that he is the man of steel and is absolutely crushing it. So I will not be making the same mistake again next year, even though it's going to cost me a lot more than it would have this year. Made out of jello, man. <laughs> Frick, I almost spit out my drink. That's some good stuff. <laughs> I mean, it's true. I mean, TY, you got to say for TY, it's time to hang him up, man. When he hurt his neck, right? he, said, he said, right? I mean, he said he considered a retirement after that neck injury. But now again, you got the concussion. I mean, you just can't stay healthy. I, I really think T.Y. is going to be an early retirer, and this is to the benefit of, of Michael Pittman and his great ability. Yeah, and it and it sucks for somebody like T.Y. to have to go out this way, you know, yeah. not go out on top like you want to, um, you know, not necessarily being on top, you know, as far as the championship, but, you know, going out, you know, knowing that you still have something left in the tank. But yeah, like you said, it just, it gives all the opportunity to Pittman. I mean, right now, the top two target leaders for this team, you know, are Pittman and I believe Jonathan Taylor, who's seen a huge uptick in his receiving work. So I like the the direction that this Colts team is going in. 
Agreed. And I mean, when we're talking about Pittman, I remember his scouting report that I did a while ago. I mean, there was really nothing negative that you could say outside of maybe a handful of drops here and there. The height was there. He He's a very, if I remember clearly, I can't even find his report of mine right now, but if I remember everything that I was putting down, his route running was very good. And it, it, you don't get it from a guy who's, who's kind of lanky. He doesn't look it on the field, but he's a tall individual. I believe he's like six foot four and I mean he can high point very good his arms are very long his route running like I said it's it's not pristine but what he does with it's like uh how do you how do you call it it's like almost the arm push off so it's almost like body placement in, within your routes he understands that so well positioning that's the word I'm looking for his body positioning he, he understands that so well that he can uh get the two steps on his uh defensive back and even if he doesn't get the separation he's willing to jump out like we saw in the end zone and uh, that second touchdown where he out jumped the, the defensive back. I mean, I, I love every ounce of his game right now. No. And, and it's, it's showing, I mean, he's just getting better and better with the more, the more you know, playing time that he has his rapport with Carson Wentz has been great. I mean, this, it's going to be exciting to watch him play over the next few seasons. Cause I do want to see, you know, kind of just how, how high the ceiling is for him. Yeah, man. Do the Colts win the division now with King Henry out? Yeah. Yeah, they do. Ooh, I love it, man. And they start with the Jets on Thursday night football, so that's a good game to have, man. Oh, it's I mean it's gonna be an, it's gonna be a good confidence booster for him. Michael Pittman, another two touchdowns. I'm not playing him, so I hope so. Yeah. Yeah, I got I got <laughs> lots of shares. I want to see it. Speaking of wide receivers, Chris, we'll close the show out on this because um I went back, I had to look, and I was like this season feels very, very weird to me. Like a lot of the ballers aren't going off like we thought. So I, does it feel, am I, am I wrong? Does it feel like the injuries have been more, even though we say it every year? Yeah. And I mean, I thought last year, you know, was, we had a good number of injuries, but this year it's like, oh, well, we're going back to 2020, I guess. So, right. I mean, yeah, it's, maybe, and it's, the and it's been to like the, the, the big names. That's the thing. It's the big names that have been going down. That's the biggest issue for me. Yeah, I think and and that that makes it heightened a little bit more to say, you know, the season isn't as good and it sucks and that's why we see a lot of people dropping off as what they do right now because now on top of those injuries through 8 weeks of play, Chris. Here we go, man. Wide receiver rankings. Let's see this. Based on Ugh. ADP. Based on ADP, mm -hmm. man, these return on investment are basically through the floor and it sucks. Number 9, Hollywood Brown. Okay. Hollywood Brown. We didn't expect him at number nine. Uh, no, I had Hollywood Brown. In top 70. 40. Okay. I think top 40, maybe top 50, but yeah. But nine? No, didn't, didn't know. Okay. I didn't expect any Lamar Jackson wide receiver to, uh, to be there. Okay, so tell me your ADP if you have your sheet up as I say these guys so we can make a nice, decent comparison game. Um, because I'm telling you right now, as I was going through this, I was legit shocked and almost, you know, crap myself because I own a lot of these guys too, just like a lot of the fans do out there. So number 10, All right, Hollywood, Brown, Hollywood Brown, I had 51, 51. Okay. So he's number yep. nine. That's the only one on this list. I guarantee you that is outperforming his ADP D hop. Number 10. I had him at five. Okay. C.D. Lamb, number 14. I had him at 12. See what I'm saying? That's not that's not as bad, but I mean, still, 14 yeah. through eight weeks. I thought he was going to be top 10. Uh, yeah. 
Scary Terry, number 16. Out of a 10. <laughs> See what I'm saying? This is getting worse as we go. And I mean, my rankings are exactly the same on the ADP, man. So don't criticize mm-hmm. Chris. This is how we rank, man. Justin Jefferson, 21. Uh, Justin Jefferson, I had at number, he was my wide receiver six. His ADP was seven. Has he been injured this year? I don't, I don't remember. Maybe one game. No. No, he has maybe one game, but I don't think at all, though. Yeah, see, 21, man. Ridiculous. Amari Cooper with his last game, he jumped up from 26 to 18. Uh, I had him ranked at 13th and he was 15th ADP. Okay, so it's closer now, but I mean, he was 23 and you could make a case to say, ouch, it's not with Dak throwing the ball like he is 23 and Lamb at 14. What the hell? He's spreading too much to Dalton Schultz, man. Uh, this is just how it is, right? Maybe a little bit more to Blake Jarwin, but I'm not going to say anything. Okay, <laughs> you Dak. owe me beers on this one too, man. Blake <laughs> Jarwin is not a thing. Stefan Diggs, number 20, mother effing three. Wow. Okay, so I had him as my wide receiver four. His ADP was wide receiver three. Yeah, man. 20, three. 23. And this is a byproduct of everything we're talking about. The Bills just understanding to spread the ball around in the pass game, even though they still don't have a run game. But 23, man, I, unless they're saving digs is the only thing I'm, I'm th- I think they mm-hmm. might be thinking just football basics. We're looking at it from fantasy. They're saying save digs. We'll blow them up in the pre in the postseason, and we won't really show people what we're going to do with them. That's the only thing I can, I can come up with with this one. Yeah. I mean, I think he's going to come on, you know, as the season goes, as we go on throughout the season, um, because there's no way he stays, you know, outside of the top. 12 at the end of the season i, I agree he's got to. I man he's got to be top 10 by the end of the year has to be yeah yeah grown-ass man aj brown number 26 yeah he is uh his adp was wide receiver eight. Oh, <laughs> it's not good man you see the when I, I dude i keep going i'm not even halfway through my list here and it gets uglier it's crazy. it gets uglier and uglier keenan allen number 27 wide receiver nine See what I'm saying? This is why people are dropping off, man. They're, they picked all these high-end picks, and they just have not been producing. I feel your pain. I am 2-6 and six in one league with the second most highest points, man. Never give up, man. Stick around. Never give up. Uh, and, and Mike Williams was wide receiver 47 ADP. And he's in the top 10. Yeah. 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 That's just how it goes in life, man. Sometimes you're not a top 10 person. Shit. Chase Claypool, number 44. Uh, he was 25. See, man, even one of those. We had the high rise. Big Ben came back and, and look what we're being punished. This one shocked me because I really had him a lot higher. And that is Mr. T Higgins, number 45. He was 24. I had him, I think, in my top 20. And you can't fault yep. me for it because... With Jamar Chase, even even though Jamar Chase is blowing up, T. Higgins had 15 targets two weeks ago. I, I don't know what he had in the Jets game. It had to still have been over seven. So the target share is still there. The problem with T. Higgins, he's not getting in the end zone. The last right. since since he came back from his injury, first two weeks of the season, he scored two touchdowns. After that, he hasn't found the end zone because of Jamar Chase. Blame Jamar Chase. Damn Jamar Chase. Damn Jamar Chase. Calvin Ridley. I mean, injuries aside, 53. Oh boy. Uh, yeah. Uh, wide receiver five ADP. 
Yeah, man. At 53. And we're saying, okay, fine. Yes. He's lost a couple of games to the mental health thing. And now he's going to be gone. So, I mean, I'm not going to bring him up anymore in the ranks because we know he's out, but I mean, mm-hmm. eight, eight weeks of the season. So he's played what seven games and you're talking wide receiver 53. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the offense is a whole in Atlanta has really, really struggled, but yeah, definitely not what you expect from somebody of Ridley's talent. And you see, here's the argument. Can we make the argument? Julio did a lot for Ridley or what are we talking about? I don't know. Cause Ridley still played really well when, when Julio wasn't even on the field. He did. I, I won't disagree. You know? I won't, so, I won't, so, I won't yeah. ever disagree that argument because it was true. Yeah, no, I think, I think Ridley is fine. You know, I just think that the offense as a whole is just kind of a, a bit of a mess blow it up you, you know why he sees the blow up coming that's why he's got the problem with the mental health he's like i need to just sit on the sideline and not watch this team implode sorry man i'm trying to joke i'm trying to joke on his mental health that's not cool is it i mean that team's just imploding on its own it is <laughs> alan robinson 60 mother effing three 11 11 i know Friggin ugly. <laughs> dude i had him in my top 15 so don't feel bad it's it's just absolutely- i had him at uh I, I had him right where his adp was at number 11 okay fair enough it's it just unbelievable man robbie anderson 67 mm, he was adp 31 yeah man yeah man you see he just fell off a cliff a lot of people thought and i so did i i thought sam darnold would have done good stuff what about um do you have do you by chance have brandon Ayuk? On there, I don't. I, I don't have him on my list, but I saw him. All right, he's he's really low. He his ADP was twenty three, and yeah, I'm I sure don't. he's like not even in the top seventy five. So no, he's a, he. I think he's in the eighties, top eighties. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's not good. <laughs> it's definitely not good. Julio Jones, number seventy three. He was nineteen ADP. Unbelievable, man. Seven yeah. injuries. I get it, Julio. Inju- yeah, but I mean, but Christ. even yeah, even without the injuries, like he had. He had like one decent game, really. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Frick, man. Kenny Galladay, number 76. Oh, God. Um, he was wide receiver 30 ADP. And I thought you were too low on him. Remember, we were talking about it. I had, I had him higher. at I had him at wide receiver 37 in my yeah, rankings. Yes. Yeah, no, yeah. man. I had him in my top 25 because I thought he was going to be a baller in New York, even though it was New York and Denny Pennies, but. 76 obj 80 obj where are you odell he was uh, let's see uh adp he was drafted 26th as the wide receiver yeah see so i mean it's still lower but 80 80 is really low yeah really low really low jarvis landry 83 but okay three games i get it lost to the injury but jesus yeah he was uh he was ADP 42. I had him in my rankings at 48. Yeah, that's fair. And I mean, I liked him at that part, uh, that price point because you knew you were getting PPR upside, but I went and looked at the running backs and I didn't even bother making a list because it's, uh, it's such a shit show. I'm sure. I'm sure it's terrible. Yeah. I, it, it's hor- Dalvin cook is in like the 28s or some shit, man. Like it's, it's really bad. Yeah. So like just looking through my rankings right Sorry, now, Sorry, that, that is half PPR. If I didn't say half PPR. Um, so my top, I'll, I'll, I'll read off my top 10 running backs of my rankings with right before the season started CMC, Dalvin, Henry, Kamara, Zeke, Chubb, Aaron Jones, Barkley, Eckler, JT. 
Okay, do that again. I got my list. Let's go. Do that All again. Right. Number one. McCaffrey. He's really low. He's only played like one game. So we'll give him a pass. He's been injured. Cook. Dalvin. <laughs> Where are you, sir, Dalvin? I swear to God, he was 28, just like I said. Derrick Henry. Yeah, number one. Yep. Kamara. He's number six, so he's doing okay. Okay, so right there in line. Uh, Zeke, I had him at five. He's at 10. Chubb, I had at six. And with the injuries, he's still 18, so I, you give him a mm-hmm. pass. All right. Uh, Aaron Jones. He's doing all right. So you're doing good on this one, man. He's number four. All right. Uh, Saquon. Injuries. Yeah, injuries. He's at the bottom. Yeah. Uh, number nine, I had, Z- I had uh, Austin Eckler. He's doing good. He's number three. You were too okay. low. Number, too low. Number, number 10, I also was too low. Jonathan Taylor. He's number two. Uh, uh, yeah, so 11, I had uh, Gibson. Uh, Gibby's not doing very good. And I mean, that's really 19. So where's, uh, where's uh, Najee Harris right now? Najee's doing well, man. He's in number He's five. Like, damn, I was way low. And I, I had him at 13. Yeah, number five half PPR. So I mean, you. Th- this is what I was saying. Remember the argument. This is. I love doing this because we goes back and it kind of it validates our points, even though we rank them differently. Because I had Najee a little lower as well, but I, I had the 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 mm. what we call it, the asterisks on the Le'Veon Bell effect, thinking that he was going to get a lot of PPR upside, and it's happening, right? So those, those right. people that you know, we you you agreed. We we had this discussion so many times. It wasn't like you disagreed. It was just we had to do it because if he was a rookie and we didn't know how the offense was going to morph, right? Yeah, no, exactly. We wanted to see how things were going to kind of play out. So, well, there you have it, man. That's a little fun day on some bad news day, but at least we had a little bit of fun. Oh, of course we do. We always have fun. That's what we do here. You know, and, and seriously, guys, if you're losing in fantasy, never quit. Make some trades. Or, or at least don't stop listening to us. You know, right. like we'll, we'll, we talk, we'll talk about other things with you. Just, you know, just, just tune in. Just listen. We, we got all the goodness for you. You know, at least, yeah, man. Otherwise, we're going to find y'all and come to your house and, you know, make you listen. Or Chris will. <laughs> so I don't will. know what he just said. Do not listen to what he just said. <laughs> I'm playing God, man. You know, it's been a long day. I'm tired. All right. Like, give me a break. It's it's only Tuesday. I know it's been a long week, though. man. For me. <laughs> I've, been, I've been busy. I've been busy. It's been crazy. You are you are a hardworking man, sir. I give you that. Yeah, indeed, man. But you know what? Let's close this one out, man. So on that note, that is the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. You can find me on Twitter at Chris underscore FH1. You can find Chris on his new Twitter at uh, Vineyard Remedy. I think I messed up last time, but Vineyard Remedy on Twitter. To all listeners, thank you for all the support. And on behalf of Chris, thanks again for listening. Until next time, stay safe and be kind to each other. I'm out. <laughs>